This is Mission.org. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm your host, Jeremy Bergeron, the Vice President of Media Strategy at Mission.org. And this is the show where twice a week, you'll get VIP access into the hearts and minds of some of the most influential marketers in the world. On Marketing Trends, we'll do two things. We'll go deep on a human level, and we'll go even deeper on the nitty gritty of what makes for the most successful marketers and strategies today. I'm glad you're here. Now let's get into it. I have to tell you, I really love connecting with marketing leaders. It's one of my ultimate, like all time favorite things to do in the world. But this episode's a bit personal to me. I've been a big fan of this company for a while and I love watching their one wheel momentum. It's amazing. Today I'm joined by Jack Mudd. He's the chief evangelist officer and leads marketing for this really cool brand. And you can tell very quickly, this guy's got passion and real love for this product. It's infectious. The valuable influencer marketing for us has been 1000% relationship-based. And these are situations where I will see product, not ask for anything in return, not have them sign a thing. I'm sure this is like all worst practices. What I want to know is if you love it. Then if you love it, then I'll come hang out with you. I'll go for a ride with you. I'll go get coffee with you. We'll talk one wheel. We'll talk life. And those are the relationships, like friendships. It's like legitimately friendships that end up being, I hate looking at it in terms of value, but that's what it is. By the end of this interview, I know you will be a believer in not only this product, but his marketing style and leadership style. Hopefully, there will be a part two next year interviewing on a one-wheel adventure. Be sure to listen to this episode of Marketing Trends till the end because Jack knows how to make an impact. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Marketing Trends. This is your host, Jeremy Bergeron, Vice President of Media Strategy at Mission.org. Today, I am super stoked and excited and honored to have Jack Mudd, Head of Marketing, Chief Evangelist at One Wheel. The Chief Evangelist role is an accurate title for you at One Wheel, man. I know it encompasses many things, but like you're like, it's in your DNA. One Wheel love is real. And so thank you for being here, dude, seriously. You are, I mean, you're welcome. I'm super excited to be here. As I mentioned in the pre-show, you know, you guys have kind of a who's who on your podcast. So it's a, it's an honor and a, and a privilege. Man, definitely, dude. We, uh, look, I, it's, it's interesting because, you know, the, you asked earlier, like how we found out about One Wheel. And for me, it was like, I want to say it was like 2015 or 16, a, a buddy of mine here in Austin. Is that accurate? 26, yeah, 2016, they were out. Could be. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chris Dunn, shout out to Chris Dunn. He was the first one in Austin, Texas that I saw had had one. And I was like, what is this thing? And then I've seen him all over the place now and Cali and all over Austin. And and I'm like, Aaron, haven't pulled the trigger. I've been close many, many times. And after watching the race for the, you know, the race that the 2021 race, I'm like, dude, if I'm going to compete in that thing, I got to go ahead and make the move, dude. I can't, I can't just be a sideline fan anymore. 
that's an understatement. You're behind, you're behind the eight ball. If you're trying to <laughs> way behind, dude, trying to compete in a race trail. Yeah. Um, way behind. Well, it, it's, you know, one wheel has grown a ton since 2015, 2016 days. Um, that's, I'm surprised that you've known about it for that long. You know, yeah. back then we were a uh, couple of folks in a small room, <laughs> you know, trying to yeah. scrap and claw and, and get into the world. And, you know, today, um, yeah, it's, you know, uh, people by and large know what it is. They've seen it before, you know, they might know someone who has one or has written one and yeah, it's super exciting. And we're obviously able to, on the marketing front, expand what we do. Um, you mentioned the race, the rail, which is the, the, um, we, we throw it like it's the Super Bowl of the one wheel world, which is, which is funny to say, but dude, it's epic. It's something that I'm really excited about. And this is, you know, sort of, um, specific you know topic here on on the marketing pod but there's something to it you know like you you watch it and you're like man like you know i could see this on tv um <laughs> there's it's got a little bit of everything people going fast big spills drama and excitement yeah dude like seriously man i mean i i didn't know the race had been going on and um i've been at like a side i call myself a sideline fan of one wheel for for years and as soon as I pressed play, this was today, I started watching, I'm like, wow. And I was mentioning earlier, I mean, it's it's such a smart, I think it's such a smart idea to do it. And I think it's such a uh, even smarter idea to start to produce it in the way that you guys are producing it. And, you know, it, being in the media world ourselves, like I just, I see like the team and the squad you guys have. I mean, it's clear that like everybody is so authentically passionate about the sport, about the brand, kind of about the community. And I'm curious about you, like kind of witnessing this culture that kind of has expanded from an idea, you know, in the early days, like what's it been like to kind of witness this like growing, I mean, fan base is one word, but I feel like there's, cool. there's just a certain, yeah, it's just this really <laughs> interesting, amazing human that is into this, into this, this brand and this sport. What's that been like for you, dude, from a marketing perspective and from just a brand perspective? Yeah. Um, it, it's been amazing. I, you know, I think um, when we started, Kyle, our founder and CEO, created One Wheel because he, he was an engineer. He grew up in Canada. He grew up snowboarding. And so he wanted to recreate that type of feeling, that snowboarding on powder feeling every day, you know? And he's also commuting um, about a mile into work every day and saw the writing on the wall that white electric vehicles were going to be a way that people moved around and he had started an e-bike company as well. And so I think he wanted to combine this, those two things. I was reflecting back um, in preparation for this interview on, on some of the, the key things that we did in the beginning. And I think one of the best things, most important things that we did is that we were very intentional. You know, probably the week after it funded on Kickstarter, we sat down Again, we had literally no idea if anyone would, <laughs> if there'd be a hundred people out there that'd be in this, you know, um, it's something that Kyle thought was cool. Um, and you know, which is actually fun too, because he came from IDEO, which is like need based design, human based design. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's observe how people put their clothes into the washer and the dryer and let's find the subtle thing that's going to make this human experience better. You know, one wheel is not driven from like a human based need. He didn't approach it from the standpoint that's like, well, it'd be more efficient or practical if we had like a single wheel on a board. Like it was a hundred percent like, this is awesome. I want to make this awesome thing. So it's a huge departure from his background, which I think is really fun. 
And we've kind of um, bottled up that ethos as we've gone. So a weekend, we sat down and we're like, what is this about? What is this thing about? What is this brand about? And at the time, there was basically Segway. That was the only, this is 2014. That was basically the only electric vehicle that had any public awareness. And of course, the thing with Segway, Segway failed as a D2C product. Um, you know, like famously the mall cop yep, yep. <laughs> vehicle, um, you know, failed because no one wanted to be on one. It was lame. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Unless you were a mall cop. Yeah. Unless you're a mall cop. Yeah. And they're probably, you know, fun ride. I don't know. But <laughs> so we sat down and we said, okay, we want to make an electric vehicle, but we want to make an electric vehicle that is, um, that has an aspirational brand. We, we were looking at the companies uh, in 2014, you know, the GoPros and the Red Bulls of the world and thought, how can we, this, this needs to be our approach. You know, like th- we need to build something that goes beyond the product. And, you know, like it's, it's fun. It has personality. It's irreverent. It's, um, yeah, it's something that people get excited about trying and riding and owning, you know? Yeah. And so we were very intentional from the, from the very early days um, in how we did that. Of course, some of the inspiration came from the experience of snowboarding. So we really anchored the brand in board sports and action sports. Uh, we seeded a lot of people in that world. You know, the first thing I did once the Kickstarter funded is I got in a van with a bunch of my friends yes. <laughs> and drove around the country and went to, you know, Patagonia and Rip Curl. Wow. Um, you know, and gave demos. And, you know, it's like, it seems like a crazy, I mean, it doesn't seem like a crazy thing. You have no money back then. You have no resources. Like all you can do is just get out into the world and, and share the experience. And when you, when we did that, you'd see, you know, like the smile and the effect that, you know, people had wow. when they wrote it and you realize right there, there is some magic here. We got to bottle this up. <laughs> and to your point, like so much of our one wheels growth has been about peer to peer exchange. You know, my friend has one. I got to try it. That was amazing. And then people get in deeper into this community. You know, um, it's really, it, it's been amazing to see how it's become an activity through which people create their social lives as well, which I think is almost unexpected for us. But it's definitely something that um, brings people together. Uh, you know, these big group rides, obviously, we hold these race events to sort of, you know, support and encourage uh, that community development as well. But yeah, it's, it's taken on a life of its own. And, and it's amazing to, to watch and honestly, something that I wouldn't have totally seen coming seven years ago. Uh, but it's amazing and it's just a rich, vibrant world. Yeah. Um, and, you know, always looking for more people too. No, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. And I still, I think, I still think, of course, I'm outside looking in, in terms of what I can see, but it still seems like there's so much more potential. You know, there's so much more expansion, so much more awareness, dude. And like, I, I don't know, I just, I'm very bullish. I was always bullish on the brand, but as I kind of look a bit more into the landscape, I'm like, man, there's, they're doing amazing and there's so much more that's coming, I think. And you probably see that and feel that. But in terms of like, you know, shifting into some of the marketing things that you're doing, I love the grassroots stuff. And I think that just is, it makes sense now connecting with you. I'm like, of course, Jack's hopping in a van with some of the peeps and they're going to go and, and just let people experience it. And then when did some of the kind of other marketing mix stuff happen? Like, did you, you know, 
was it within that kind of first year you said, okay, now we're going paid search. Now we're going to do some, some either non-traditional, traditional things. When did some of the other marketing things begin for the brand? Yeah, great question. So as I mentioned, like the, the foundation, I think for everything we do is, is the experience. One wheel is an amazing experience, right? So how do we, how do we bottle that up and how do we propagate that, you know, put that in front of people? Obviously for us, uh, video has been huge. Social media has been huge. Events, you know, uh, and PR, like the traditional marketing mix, I, I would say. Um, obviously, you need to be doing all of those activities. But we've definitely found, we've definitely found our secret sauce. And I think now, you know, in 2021, that's always changing, I think. What's working, you know, as algorithms change, as social platforms change, sure. as COVID you know, comes in and takes your 2020 marketing strategy of doing pop-ups all over the world and tears that up. There goes that one. Yeah, there goes that one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, you know, I think um, absolutely always, always, always learning, but we have obviously taken that sort of different brand position that we've occupied, you know, and we have, yeah, you know, um, made made some really amazing um, video assets that, that you, like people need to see the product, you know? So for us, YouTube has been huge. The influencer, we've hit some, you know, some waves um, through the sort of the early days of Instagram and YouTube. You know, now I think we need to, we need to readjust, you know, to, to TikTok and um, the other platforms that are emerging. And yeah, social has, has been um, big for us as well. I think, you know, one of the things that we've done best when it comes to social media marketing is just not being stubborn. Okay. We do what's working, you know, which like sounds logical and, um, you know, of course, but there's the temptation to say, oh, we need to post beautiful photos mm -hmm. to Instagram. Mm -hmm. Well, like in 2021, beautiful photos don't work, mm -hmm. you know? So like, what is working? Is it shaky cell phone video? Yes, it is. <laughs> so like that's, you know, that's what you got to go go make, um, you know, yeah, that's great. So to your point, you know, there's the phase where you scratch and claw and hustle, right? And then there's this, the phase where you figure out those things that are working for you, you know, which for us is like YouTube pre-roll, you know, a lot of press, you know, a lot of digital acquisition, social media marketing, um, some of these in-person events to share the experience. And then there's like moving the entire operation to the next level, which is, which is like, you know, more mass, right. As you mentioned, and I'm well aware, like there are so many more people out there who you asked, you know, never seen, never heard of one wheel. Right. So our job now is to really scale that, you know, I think that's through, um, you know, out of home TV, um, some of the traditional sponsorship, mm -hmm. some of the traditional sort of like major, um, marketing activities and yeah, remembering who we are and keeping our spirit through it. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's clear. I mean, again, outside perspective, but it seems like you guys have really maintained, you know, that through line of what you represent, um, even as you scale and grow. I'm curious about the the kind of D2C play and also the retail play. When you first started, it was just direct. It was just D2C, right? There was no retail. True. Okay. And then was at some point along the line, there, there kind of came this retail play. Was that because we've had a couple of brands across our network that are interesting kind of D2C or even CPG brands or others. And 
thinking about why they go D to C versus why some of them don't or why some of them mix or some of them go straight retail and, and don't go D to C. What was kind of some of the thinking into that? Um, okay, now we've got D to C, we're clearly growing there. How did retail get into the equation and how's that going? That's a great question. Yeah, obviously, you know, we were a 2014 Kickstarter brand, which is, um, you know, D to C is like how you start, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, because you don't have any other option. So that, you know, that was really convenient at the time. But, you know, as the company grew, yeah, we just, we, we wanted people to be able to walk into a store, say an action sport or, you know, outdoor outfitter type of shop and see the product and discover the product just like you did and say, oh, this is where this product lives. You know, um, especially now as, as electric vehicles have grown to become something that's part of our everyday, right? You see scooters and there was the, the infamous 2016 hoverboard wave, you know, that came and went. Yep, yep. Um, people are trying to figure out who is this for? You know, and I think for us, retail has been a major way to, to create that association between one wheel and other other sports, other activities, other lifestyles. Was it pretty easy transitioning it? Like, or did retail kind of resist one wheel at first or like when they were experiencing it in their in their way, was it were retail partners kind of jumping on board as quickly as consumers? You know, I think it was um, there was obviously like some friction in just like getting a, a team together and growing, growing our sales team. Sure. Getting any program off the ground. But on the retail side, um, demand has always been there. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, it, uh, a lot of our retailers will sell, will almost like sell out of one wheels before their order comes in, then their order comes in and then they, you know, call up their people and they come pick up their, their wheels and they order another, order another, um, batch. So yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's been a win-win. Um, absolutely. Um, and you know, it's also like how we can expand into other markets, you know? So now I think we have 700 retailers in the U.S. Wow. Um, but we also have, you know, a retail network in Europe and in Australia. And that's something that I think is really exciting to us too. Um, because, you know, yeah, the amount of one wheels uh, that are sold internationally is a tiny fraction. So, wow. you know, part of our next step here is taking what we've done here and um, moving that into other markets too. That's awesome. Is that, how's that been just in terms of, you know, what are you learning about kind of expanding, you know, you've, you've expanded locally and nationally, and now you're, you know, you said you're going international. What are some of the things you're noticing now taking this brand, you know, across the pond into other far reaching areas in terms of, yeah, like in terms of, you know, localization there, personalization there, like I'm, I'm assuming marketing is all done is it all centralized or is there kind of, you got marketing teams out in those areas too? What does that look like? Well, for us, that's something that's evolving. Um, so right now we, we do, you know, all of our marketing from Santa Cruz, California. Sweet. But I think that that, I, I hope that that will change in 2022. You know, I, I'd like to get um, some marketing firepower in local markets just because, you know, I've talked to folks that have done this before and you need to understand the area to, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to get your, your brand and your value proposition across there. I was talking to um, the former CMO of GoPro, Paul Crandall. Nice. And he was saying, <laughs> he was saying, talking about how, uh, you know, before they had someone on the ground in China, all their POP displays were actually saying, eat this camera. 
because <laughs> wow. they were using Google Translate. Wow. So, um, you know, that, that was, a, I thought that was a fun anecdote. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, you know, I think, I, I think that's the structure that makes the most sense to have, to have people um, in those areas. It's not something that we currently have, but um, something I'm really looking forward to as a, a challenge for 2022 and beyond. And it's something that we were looking at, you know, in 2021, but I think um, just environmental factors beyond our control have, sure. you know, affected that too. So you talked about influencer marketing a bit too, and that's, that's really interesting. You talked about. Oh, I can expand on, on what we've done, done there for sure. If that's helpful. Cool. Yep. Do it. Dive in. Yeah. So I think you listen to a podcast, everyone will tell you authenticity is important when it comes to influencer marketing. You know, well, like I listen to someone say that. I'm like, well, of course, right? <laughs> um, we've sent out a lot of emails and we've learned that a thousand times over. You know, um, if someone doesn't love the product, ultimately you're not going to get anything valuable in return. You know, we're, we're no longer in the days where an Instagram post with a tag is um, impactful. Like it just isn't, you know, it's not worth for any marketer out there listening, it is not worth paying whoever you were thinking about paying to post one time on Instagram. The valuable influencer marketing for us has been 1000% relationship-based. And these are situations where I will see product, not ask for anything in return, not have them sign a thing. I'm sure this is like all worst practices, but, um, but I, what I want to know is if you love it. And if you love it, then I'll, then I'll come, I'll come hang out with you. I'll go for a ride with you. Um, I'll go get coffee with you. We'll talk one wheel. We'll talk life, you know, and, and those are the relationships like friendships. I shouldn't even, you know, it's like legitimately friendships that end up being, I hate looking at it in terms of value, but that's what it is. You know, someone for us, you know, that rings a bell is, um, like Adam Savage of the host of Mythbusters, if you're familiar. Mm -hmm. Yep. The most awesome dude ever. Also, Adam is an absolute legend. Yeah, he's awesome. But that's someone who, you know, was curious about one wheel, sent him a board, didn't ask for a thing. You know, he starts sending me text messages about how amazing this thing is. We go hang out and, and become buddies. And Adam has done so much awesome stuff for us. Like, you know, he came to our factory and built his own board and put it on his tested channel and all these things, which I am well aware is worth a lot of money. You know, like if you, if you're to cold call approach someone like that and say, Hey, you know, we have a concept we really like to do, you know, let's pay you 30 G's um, or whatever, you know, mm -hmm, do it. Mm -hmm. like that is one way to go. It's not a way that we could afford in, you know, the early days. And that actually sort of, by necessity led me towards this sort of like relationship model. But I would definitely say that far and away, like that's my, that's been my takeaway, my experience. And, and it's the same with the YouTubers, you know, all of these big YouTubers that, you know, people see riding one wheels, like I know them as people, you know, um, it's key, you know, like you think about it personally, someone sends you a formal email, ask, you know, proposing something. Versus your friend texting you and be like, hey, you want to go ride some one wheels with me in Austin next week and eat tacos? Like, it's night and day. It's, it's mm -hmm. like how humans work. So that's, that's my biggest takeaway. Now, I think the challenge there is like how you scale that. 
right? Um, and so you probably need to hire people on your team that also have those relationships and and can. Uh, you know, there's only so much time in the day to yeah to chat with people. But yeah, I think in terms of influence marketing, it's been essential to us to our growth. It's really it's like I, I view it as um like a Super Mario shortcut. <laughs> you know, like you got to scratch and claw to grow on social and to gain eyeballs, right? And you paid media is expensive and you get what you pay for, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, getting into, you know, these people's YouTube channels, getting mentions on Instagram that are organic and that are happening, you know, consistently. And as an audience, you look at this influencer and say, oh, this person actually rides this thing, you know, versus like, oh, this is a paid promotion. Mm-hmm. We're so smart nowadays. No one is fooled, you know. Right. We're not right. getting we're not getting fooled by anything. Right. You know? So yep. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's that's been essential for us for sure. That's awesome, man. Also, I want to pitch this to you. Sometime in the next year, you come to Austin, we do a one wheel ride together and we do a pot we we do record a show while we're on a one wheel. You and me just kind of cruising. We do audio, we'll worry about it, we'll produce it, but like I don't know, I don't think it's been done. Has anyone done a one wheel? show on a one wheel podcast on a one wheel we've talked about this concept quite a bit okay internally okay we have folks in our office who would be very jazzed to be a part of this as well cool okay well let's we'll, we'll put a pin in that one i i, I want to we'll hopefully mission gets a seat at the table but i think it could be fun austin's a great city to do it and um i could be i could be i could open up a whole new world we want to get all the fortune 500 and 100 executives who's who are the one wheel fans and if you're not here's your chance you know so Mobile podcasting. Mostly I want to come to Austin for a food tour, but that would also be fun to do on one meal. Yes. Well, that that's good. That's like just a prerequisite. If you come to Austin, we we hit as many spots as we can because um, that is a big reason why I live here, by the way. The food is amazing. Yeah. So in terms of like, you know, the team now, the marketing team, is there kind of a bunch of folks in-house? Is it kind of a mix of in-house plus you hire agencies? What's your view on hiring now versus outsourcing stuff on marketing? What's that look like? Yeah, good question. Um, we have taken a pretty organic approach um, and grown internally. I would say, um, obviously, coming into the business, you know, on day one, you don't have the resources to hire expensive agencies. So, you know, and I actually learned by doing everything myself. you know, which is, which I think is is awesome because you you learn every facet of marketing, whether it's content creation public relations, you know, social, like you, you learn it all. And then, you know, we've hired uh, folks that are better at that stuff than I was, which is always the goal. So yeah, we've created a pretty strong team in house. There's about 10 marketers now cool. um, on, on our squad. And yeah, you know, I think now we're at a point where we would consider agency help for, for certain things, you know, uh, whether it's like a, you know, organizing a pop-up tour or uh, whatever. But um, yeah, we definitely grew up doing, doing everything ourselves, which, which I think has, has pros and cons. You learn a ton. Sure. You just learn, you learn so much doing it yourself uh, and, and your team retains that knowledge. Um, the con is that like you might mess up, you know, if you're doing something for the first time, um, it might not be as clean and as polished as uh, it would be if you hire you know, hired out. Sure. But um, for us, I think that's been a, a reason that our team has grown a lot, you know, just kind of fought those battles and learned, learned that through that experience. Yeah. I mean, you know, 
we talk about this as an organization too, of just like, you know, what got us here in the last, you know, few years is not the same thing that's going to get us to the next, you know, the next level. And we have some incredibly amazing people and, and talent and processes and shows and kind of to your point, it's like, we can, we can keep learning and growing and we will. There's also opportunity now, like, wow, what can we do to, to kind of move with more velocity now that we have some of these things in order? And you probably know that all too well as well, being apart from day zero till now, it's like there's been so many shifts and evolutions of like what worked then, what's working now, what's kind of a combination of things, what expertise can you bring in now that's going to bring you to another level, um, and that's a beautiful kind of adventure to be on as well because you you know you you now can hire high performing people and you you know what would you say is like the culture of the marketing team there like you know in terms of like you as the marketing leader, I've heard different things from from other CMOS and, and heads of marketing, but what's the, what would you say is like the culture of the marketing team that you've want to create and cultivate there? Wow. The culture of the marketing team at one nil. It is loose, fun, uh, irreverent. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All the things I thought. Okay. (laughs) We really, uh, yeah, we live that life Mm -hmm. style. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Arguably too much, you might say. (laughs) Um, You know, sometimes I wonder how we get things done. But but, yeah, I, I mean, I think for us in our product, when you think about why we are doing this and why people love this is because it's a lot of fun. One wheel is a ton of fun. People have a ear to ear smile on their face when they ride this thing for the first time. And that's like the secret sauce, you know? So it would be disingenuous for us to not have fun in what we do. You know, our team is really close knit, gets along great. Um, you know, a lot of those relationships are forged through, through the events that we go out into the world and do, um, through the content that we create. And yeah, you know, I think, I think that that culture has been really important in, in continuing to make sure that that brand has kept its, its magic, you know, as, as it's grown up a little bit. Um, and I think that's super important to keep, you know, as we scale up from here as well. 100%. And I also think, you know, something that I hope to inspire with our team is just this idea that Kyle, our CEO, has done an amazing job of inspiring me. Is like, what do we want to do? Like, what sounds fun? You know, because at the end of the day, like, we can strategize our, you know, hats off. But um, oftentimes, like, instead of overthinking something, like, what sounds, what do I, what do, what does Jack want to do this year? That sounds just like an epic time. What do I want to tell my friends? I actually think this is a great lens to think about it. That's great. That's great. How many times does your, does your friend group, you're, you know, at a bar or a cafe and it's like, Oh, how's work? And you're like, eh, eh. you know, like, like you, I, I, I think that as a marketer, we're, we're being, we, we are not successful if you don't have something exciting to share in a personal conversation with your friend. You should have something that you were like, oh man, we're doing this thing. Like, I don't know if it's going to work. That's great. <laughs> but it's like, I'm so excited about it because that's word of mouth, yep. right? That's that's like that then someone, you know, we did, um, for example, we did a contest where we had people submit their town as the most boring town in America. And we then selected a winner. Wow. We selected the most boring town in America and we went there and we threw a party for them. What, what town was it? Oh man, this is so bad that I forget the name of the town. 
Oh, Martin City, Missouri. Martin City, Missouri. Okay, okay. Martin City, Missouri. And then you went down there. Is where we went. And local news came. I mean, it was amazing. Local news came and like was like, this is not the most boring town. Look at all the things <laughs> that you can do in Martin City. The people were amazing. We had the best time. It was the coolest thing ever. And that's an amazing example of like, okay, what do we want to do? What sounds fun? What's going to what's gonna generate this word of mouth marketing? Oh, it's great. Because that's the stuff that you can't pay for, you know? Right. But you also can't fake it. Right. You, you legitimately, it has to be something that like, you might now go tell someone like, you know, those guys did like, because it's fun. Yeah. You know? 100%. <laughs> man, I, I, dude, I just got to say, I, I love that, man. I think it's so important. You know, uh, I mean, I think just... It's like coming back to, you know, the, the thing we talked about earlier, which is like it's being authentic. It's also being authentic within your own team and your own company. And it's like that element of fun was there in the beginning. That is the same element, you know, that will continue to be there. It's like, well, let's ask those questions and let's think of let's not over let's not add unnecessary complexity, you know, to this thing as we scale. Look, operationally and logistically, sure, we got to deal with supply chain and, and globally, all this stuff. Sure. And what sounds like the most fun next year? What sounds like the most exciting thing we can share with our peeps? And like, and I love that you're still doing that. I think that's so important. I know there's been a lot of brands that many of them we've connected with as they've grown, they've kind of lost that a bit, you know? Mm -hmm. And and I, I don't know if that just comes with size or with whatever. I think there's probably a lot of variables, but you know, you you get a glimpse of what they had in the early days. And it's like, man, now they're this big kind of, you know, operationally large organization. And sure, they're doing a lot of revenue and that's all great. But it's like, man, did you forget? Sure. Did you forget like that it was the, these early day that early day flow and and man, you guys have kept that vibration, which I think is so cool, man. I'm glad you said that. It's so cool, and it's and it's yeah, it's effective and it's important. Exactly. <laughs> you know the 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 race to the rail is another example of like you know what I think we should just start a we decided we should just start a one wheel racing league, which we started last year. It's like that sounds that sounds awesome, and and lo and behold, you know that's the first thing that you mentioned today yeah you know yeah. so it's it's that stuff is it's what drives yeah it's what drives the the narrative you know it's like what what are you doing in the world mm -hmm. that matters like you know why are you relevant if you're not doing anything that no one else is doing then you're this you're just not gonna be you know right what are some of your favorite kind of you know marketing you know, tech stack tools some of the things that you like to look at in terms of intelligence now as you're growing you have kind of a favorite some of the things you're using to to look at data. Oh man, I am totally the wrong person to ask. <laughs> um, I operate. Probably, I don't know if it's too much. I operate on on gut all all the time. Now we we look at some data, and luckily I have some some smarter people that I work with that look at data. You know, people's uh, behavior on the website obviously is really important. Um, our, the digital ad stuff is obviously incredibly important, you know, and then obviously how social media is performing. We, we track that stuff. So I'm, I'm being a bit disingenuous, but, um, I'm not a data driven person, to be honest. We survey our customers and we survey non customers as well. Um, that's a practice that we've begun, which has been really, um, important because we've learned that our customers aren't always who we thought they were. Mm. Um, we've learned that our customers are, really, really broad from, um, you know, what we, <laughs> what we call elk eaters, you know, hunt fish, uh, you know, shoot, I guess, hunt, shoot, redundant, 
Yeah, that's that's like a, a part. We're far away from that part of the world, and we live in like a surf community. It's not something that we immediately associate with one wheel, but yeah, it's people that ride ATVs and have toy hauler. Like they love one wheel, you know. And we're also on the other side of the spectrum, starting to see, you know, women who are doing yoga and are into you know health and wellness and mind and body connectivity. You know, those people also love one wheel and are are you know adopting it quickly. So. Um, yeah, some of that survey information, I think, has been really informative to, to our strategy. Yeah, in terms of the like what platforms we use, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I live in like a, <laughs> I shouldn't say this on a public forum. I live in a pretty data-free world. <laughs> Luckily, I have people that are smart that that uh that you know are are a little bit more tethered to that stuff oh that's great i guess you would call me you would call me a brand marketer if you're being if we're being honest you know yeah got it that's awesome we'll do now so i think you know i i pre- i also appreciate you know the fact that you know it's like there's a there's a there's an intuition there's an instinct there's 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 this gut like you said like i think that's also again look that's been proven to to work for you in the past until now so let's not lose that right as you kind of grow and, and scale with the squad. But I love that, you know, and like, it seems like a lot of modern day, a lot of modern day marketers and CMOs and things like that, you know, it's like they're, it's interesting to see this blend of like right brain, left brain, what's important to them. A lot of, some really care about the data, some more on the creative side of things. Some are kind of a mix in between. Um, but again, it's like uh, what I feel and kind of am getting from you is like, you've identified strengths individually, on the team and it's like you're remembering those strains. In this case, it's like, hey, look, we've got great people that help support the data and that's great, but like my strength is in being a little bit more instinctual and thinking about how this thing grows to the next level. And I love that. Again, it's another another kind of feather in the hat of like, let's not lose that while we grow. I also think, you know, something that we think about is what is new territory? Yeah. You know, I think one of the most important things that you can do is to keep finding new territory. You know, so um, for us, you know, we think of the most important things that we've done as a marketing team over the years. And a lot of those are first, right? So the first time we put a billboard felt like a big moment, right? The first time that we, you know, advertised on television, the first time that we um, did a pop-up shop, you know, uh, physical retail presence, those are all really big moments for the brand. And so, and I think that's a lens that, that I definitely try to look through as, as we figure out like, what is, what's the next frontier, you know? And also just as a team, like that stuff is new and exciting. You know, if you're doing the same thing over and over uh, at some point, you know, people get, it's boring, right? True. And it's not effective. So um, I think that that's been, that's something that, you know, looking at this next year, um, it's a way that I view prism through which I view what we're, what we're trying to do. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Salesforce brings marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com forward slash marketing. Man, this has been exceptional just to have you on the show, Jack. Let's stay connected, man. I'm serious about the One Wheel Podcast next year. Let's make it happen, Captain. Such an honor. Congratulations on everything you've done so far, dude. Super stoked on where you're headed. And, uh, Looking forward to meeting you in person, man. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. This is super fun.
you have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.